Due to the celebration of my mother's birthday today, this episode was recorded while games were going and while games were completed. So keep that in mind. For the producers of God of a Coach. Exclusive hype brings to you. Ten on the clock. Here's your host, Tyrone Smith. Fresh off of the Jazz victory over the Nuggets. Week 13 of the National Basketball Association is officially complete. From Dane being out for too much with an abdominal injury to Paul George possibly missing the rest of the season due to an elbow injury to the Hawks trading Cam Reddish to the Knicks to KCP and Montrez Harrell throwing hands in the tunnel to Ball Ball heading back to Denver after the Detroit trade was voided due to medical concerns. This is 10 on the clock, though. I'm Tyrone Smith. Round 2 exclusive hustle bandit, sneaker bandit. Y'all already know the vibes. And before we get into this episode, I want to say happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody listening out there. And happy birthday to my mother. I just want to tell mom that I love you and I appreciate everything you do for me. You don't have to do the things that you do for me, but because of your love your unconditional love you make sure that no matter how old i am that i'm am well taken care of everything that i need you make sure that i have and i really do appreciate you i really do shout out to the cleveland cavaliers who has been one of the popular teams of discussion on all of my 10 on the clock episodes them boys are out there hooping hooping and they have solidified themselves as a playoff contending team in the eastern conference evan mobley and jerry allen are going to dominate the paint for the Cavs for at least the next 10 years and that's going to be a scary sight going forward for a lot of teams in the eastern conference and give a shout out to Darius Garland. This man is out here playing all-star type basketball. The way he's playing has made Colin Sexton that much more expendable. and has made the decision not to sign him to a rookie extension that much smarter. The Cavs went 4-0 this past week. And they had some very good games that they played in the West Coast this week. As, as they were on the West Coast trip. And they played well enough to go undefeated slowly but surely i'm really liking this cleveland cavaliers team and i want to go ahead and give them a shout out this week last week i posted a four and three record which gave me a 58 28 and one record heading into week 14 of locks of the week hell yeah tuesday I got the Timberwolves defeating the Knicks in my weekly Pistons selection game. You can give me the Pistons to defeat the Kings. 
Thursday, I got the Phoenix Suns defeating the Dallas Mavericks. Friday, you can give me the Raptors over the Wizards. Saturday, you can give me the Cavs over the Thunder. And Sunday, you can give me the Heat over the Lakers. So, if you take Monday out of the equation, but if you take my other six games into consideration, I, I make more than I miss. So, let's put it like that. For the Eastern Conference, they went ahead and went with Darius Garland, who I actually had winning the player of the week in my notes. So, Darius Garland led the Cavs to a 4-0 record. He averaged 29.7 points, 6 rebounds, 12.8 assists. He averaged a steal. And he shot 43% from the field. And he shot 24% from the three-point range. For the West Coast, it's funny because I didn't have anybody selected for the West Coast. I was still trying to figure out who I was going to put in. But... I seen that Devin Booker got it, so I'm, I'm I'm not mad at that just because, you know, Phoenix, Phoenix all day, every day. So shout out to the Suns. They went 3-0 this week, and Devin Booker averaged 27 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. It shot 46% from the field. So those are your players of the week. Let's get into these stories. I think it's time for us to really, really look at what's going on here. And really, really stop disrespecting Rudy Gobert and really, really appreciate what he means to this Utah Jazz team. Because when he was out, the Jazz was trash. They was letting Demonis Sabonis go crazy on them. They was giving up 22-point leads against the Pistons. They did not look like the team that I felt was going to come out of the Western Conference. But when Rudy Gobert came back, it seems like everything finally fell back into place. And the Jazz are looking like they're going to be a strong team going forward as they push for that playoff run. When we talk about MVP, this is what we talk about. Most valuable player. When a team misses a player and they struggle, and then when that player comes back and they're good again, this is what the criteria should be for most valuable player. I always tell people that Nikola Jokic is the Americans hope for a lot of us. He's not that fit when you look at him. He's not that athletic. He gives a lot of people who drink beers and hammer down chicken wings at their local bar hopes that they can go out on the YMCA floor and go out there and dominate. But he's disrespected. And I knew that when he got through out that Suns game in the playoffs. If that was LeBron, Giannis, Steph, KD, they wouldn't have thrown him out of the game. They would have gave him the technical and they would have left it at that. But for the Nuggets to be where they are with a 22 and 20 record, considering the fact that they don't have Jamal Murray, they don't have Michael Porter, and they're still in the thick of the Western Conference playoff slash play-in race. You got to give this man Jokic more credit than what he has been given. Now we're going from the most disrespected MVP in NBA history to the most skilled point guard in NBA history. Because that's what Chauncey Billups said when he said that Kyrie Irving was the most skilled point guard in NBA history. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm going to just say this. 
Kyrie, offensively, he's probably the most skilled. He's a three-level scorer. He can get down in the paint. He can hit the mid-range. He can hit the three-point shot. His handles are ridiculous. But he's not a great playmaker. He's not a great defender. And when you talk about most skills, you got to look at those aspects as well, in addition to being able to score. So he doesn't have all of the package. Now, a lot of people say Russell Westbrook. Westbrook isn't a great shooter. He's turnover prone. And coming out of college, he was supposed to have been a great defender. But I would say he's average at best. But when we talk about most skilled, I'm going to give you some guys that I would consider to be the most skilled point guard in NBA history. I look at a guy like Magic Johnson, a guy who was offensive, who could have did more offensively, but played with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Steph Curry, gifted offensive scorer. But when we look at how he gets his buckets, it's not as impressive as it is with Kyrie. It's not as impressive as it may be with somebody like D. Rose or Westbrook because he's off of a lot of pan downs and a lot of screens. He shoots a lot of crazy shots that do go in, which is quite impressive. J. Kidd, he was an average scorer, but when we talk about a guy who can rebound, pass the ball, and play defense, you might consider him as one of the more skilled point guards of all time. The same thing with Gary Payton, who will hit the occasional three. He has sneaky athleticism when he with his first couple years in Seattle. John Stockton, a lot of people felt that if he wasn't in the Jerry Sloan system, he could do a lot more in terms of points per game. But when you talk about his ability to score, considering the fact that he was in the system, and you look at the fact that he was also a playmaker, and he was also one of the better defensive guards, you wasn't going to be able to move him or shake him or rattle him. I would consider maybe him along with Chris Paul because I kind of consider them him and Chris Paul kind of the same players, different eras, different colors. But in my eyes, the most skilled point guards in NBA history will probably be John Stockton and Chris Paul.